Welcome to Sophisticated Property Investing, a podcast brought to you by Ethical Property Partners, the experts in sophisticated property investment. Hi there, ladies and gents, and welcome to this episode of the Sophisticated Property Investment Podcast with me, your host, Frank Fleck. In this episode, I am going to reflect on the boxing match that was held between Samuel Leeds and Rob Moore pretty recently just over a week ago now last uh, last but one Saturday and I have spent about the last 10 days reflecting on it spoken to a few friends about it I've learned a lot so in this episode I'm going to share with you my learnings from and if you, if you don't know who Rob Moore and Samuel Leeds are they are two especially for our overseas uh, listeners they're two very well-known property trainers in the UK you can look them up online. They have large numbers of clients um, and quite a following, as was evidenced on um, Saturday night. And in this episode, I have no interest in in bashing anyone, in taking one side or the other. I'm simply looking at the whole occasion as well as the build up to it from a perspective of what can I learn and I'm always looking to learn from people and I, I think this is a skill that I've developed over the last few years. I can definitely say that 10 years ago I was too arrogant and had too big an ego to maximize my learnings from others. In fact, I think I actively avoided situations where there were people that I could learn from where there were people that were playing at a higher game. I know for a fact that I would tell myself stories, you know, about, well, you know, they've done that, so they're not a good person. I'm not talking about Rob or Samuel here. They've done that, um, and so I'm, I don't want to hang around them, or that's why they're, you know, filthy rich or whatever. I think it's really easy to make excuses to ourselves about why we're not putting ourselves in uncomfortable situations. Over the last five years, I have actively sought out people who are playing at a higher game. I've actively raised my game. And in doing so, in seeking out people that are playing at a higher game, it has made me uncomfortable, really uncomfortable. At times, I've wanted to avoid spending time with those people that I've created relationships with. But as you continually put yourself in a situation that you find uncomfortable, you develop a tolerance for it. You develop a comfort with it. You realize that actually you do have a contribution to make. And as you start to make a contribution, your confidence grows and you start to take better quality actions. Your beliefs grow and you start to play at a higher level. And that's definitely been a focus of mine over the last five years. And so for starters, this was my first learning. I went to the boxing match and was looking forward to it. And that was the first that that's my first learning was that I now realize I can sit uh, both of those property trainers have more clients than I do. Both of them, from a property trainer perspective, turn over more money than I do. And so I know in the past, I would have probably not gone to that boxing match. I would have found a reason to be busy or I would have found a reason why I objected to it, etc. You know, oh, it's just a marketing stunt or something like that. But there I found myself sat ringside with um, Gordon Bircham, a business partner who <laughs> who's a really good person to sit next to, being a four-time world kickboxing champion. He, um, he could tell me 
what was what because I don't know the rules of boxing other than you know they're trying to hit each other and we even took a couple of our um, senior instructors with us so you know four ringside seats which uh, aren't cheap to watch these uh, these guys uh, fight each other my first ever boxing match actually first ever live boxing match so that was the first thing that I was willing to put myself in that environment I was on a I think they called it a super VIP table with a bunch of um, business associates uh, all of whom are also playing at a, a high level in terms of what I've observed firstly Samuel and Rob um, I think it's fair to say from what I can see in in on social media and that that there's no love lost between them I think it's a genuine it wasn't just a publicity stunt I think there is a genuine um, lack of rapport between them I'm trying to be diplomatic here so that's my impression that or they're really good at pretending that they don't like each other I think it's quite innocent now if I get any of the facts wrong here it's not deliberately I've just you know saying it how I think it planned out Rob was on a podcast uh, so I think it was someone else's podcast. Someone was interviewing him and they said, it might have been Rob's podcast where, where one of his team were interviewing him. But I got the impression he didn't know the question was coming. And it was a rapid fire question like, would it be this or would it be this? Would it be this? Or would it be this? Samuel Leeds and you in a fight, who would win? And Rob said me, which I think most people would back themselves, especially against a competitor in that quick rapid fire you know I don't think Rob sat down and uh, well he didn't sit down and think about it for five minutes so from that spiraled a dialogue quite a public dialogue for those of you that don't know whereby Samuel said you couldn't have me in a fight I think I'd beat you in a fight and then between them they said well maybe we should have a fight and they did it I think they did it live actually this conversation so you could probably find it on podcast or YouTube and they agreed they shook hands that they would fight and straight away I think it was Rob Rob said for 50k so they both put in 50,000 pounds and the winner takes it all then they had the negotiation over the um, terms of the bout so the size and I it was really interesting to hear this because they got a professional guy in who runs white collar boxing to be the organizer and to get the referees and the judges uh, etc there was a lot to it a lot to the negotiation so firstly they're both up for the fight right and they both back themselves to the tune of fifty thousand pounds so they both obviously think they're going to win now i know both of them a bit but not a lot and both samuel and rob are really competitive people really really competitive don't do things by halves if they're into something then they're all in so that was the first thing the second thing is for those of you that don't know Rob Moore lost he put a knee down in the first round it was debatable whether Samuel Leeds had knocked him down or whether Rob slipped my take on it with a bit of help from Gordon was that Rob slipped and at the same time, Samuel Leeds threw a punch which caught Rob on the back of the head and the back of a head punch doesn't count. So really quite controversial, quite a technicality. And it wasn't a unanimous decision. It was a split decision by majority. So two, I think they called judges in boxing, two judges said that Samuel Leeds won and one judge said that Rob won. I think that's how it panned out. Forgive me if I got any of those details wrong. So really close boxing match. I think... Rob lost it. Of course he could have won on the night. But I think the odds were stacked against him in the negotiation early on. And that's interesting because 
Rob's a phenomenal negotiator. I've been on the other side of the table when not, uh, Rob and I have been negotiating on stuff. And he's a very good negotiator. Very good at getting a deal together, but very good at getting really good terms for himself. And on that, I'm going to just divert for a moment. People often criticize good negotiators for getting too good a deal. But the negotiation, I've had one negotiation with uh, Rob. Am I right in saying that? Yes, one negotiation. Um, and I walked away thinking, oh, he got a good deal there. And I think a lot of people, I gave more than I wanted to in the negotiation. It, it lasted maybe two hours, two and a bit hours. I think a lot of people would have got angry or upset a deal had been struck that was so in favour of the other person. But I didn't because... You have to recognise expertise when you see it. And I pride myself on my negotiation. But he negotiated a good deal, really good deal. He had two of his team there and I didn't have any of my team. So four of us sat around a table and it's a three to one ratio. Well, that's straight away a smart move on, on Rob's part. And he drew some very early lines in the sand that really set the tone for the negotiation and and, and put me on a on an uphill path so I think if someone negotiates a really good deal you have to just tip your hat to them and say well done and um and live with it Rob is an excellent negotiator Samuel Leeds obviously hasn't got to where he's got to by being a rubbish negotiator so and they both back themselves to win having heard that podcast whereby they do a live negotiation with the expert white collar boxer organizer or promoter I wonder if Rob lost it there in as much as they could have had a bigger ring, they could have had smaller gloves. They did go for no headguards, which I think favoured Samuel because he was looking for a knockout punch. Samuel, by the way, is quite a lot heavier than Rob. Someone on the night said there was 20 kilograms difference, which is a lot if that's true. Samuel had clearly lost a lot of weight for the fight. And I don't know, but I think Robert put a bit on, which would make sense if he was trying to, you know, equal the, the bout. So they they went for a smaller size ring, which was what Samuel wanted because he wanted to corner Rob and clobber him. <laughs> Rob wanted a bigger ring because he wanted to wear Samuel out. Rob, I think, backed himself to be the fitter person on the night and probably was. I, I think... It, if it had been more rounds, and this is the next negotiation, was they went for three two-minute rounds. I think three three-minute rounds or five two-minute rounds would have much favoured Rob and taken a bit of the chance out of it. Three rounds, the fact that Rob slipped really then put the whole fight against him because he had to smash Samuel in the last two rounds, which... I, th I think he did come out in the last two rounds ahead, but I don't think it was by enough. Well, clearly it wasn't. There are a lot of negotiations there. Obviously, the date was another one. Rob was in better shape, I think um, it's fair to say, when the bout was ag agreed. So the close, the shorter the time, the lead time, the better it was for Rob because it gave Samuel less time to get into shape. So all of that was agreed. And I, I think, I don't know, is it overconfidence? from Rob that led to him agreeing that or was it that he really wanted to fight and if he negotiated too hard would Samuel not have gone ahead maybe it's interesting and I and I wonder I wonder what reflections Rob has had on this because yeah in terms of how would he do it differently but it was agreed the date was set I've already hinted at it but they both did a really good job of using the fight 
to further their following. So Samuel Leeds is really big on YouTube. Rob is really big on podcasting. Of course, they've got all loads of other channels each, but I think those are their two predominant ones. And they really use the fight. And some people would say that that was negative, but if you've got something interesting going on in your life and you're focused on it, someone said, I don't know if this is true or not, someone said that Rob was training 12 times a week. That's amazing if that is true. Like, what dedication? It wouldn't surprise me if it's true because I know how focused Rob is on anything he sets his mind to. So if something's going to be that much of a focus for you, and by the way, um, Samuel on the night said that he was a transformed man. He was in the shape of his life looking at him he absolutely was someone said that he'd been hiring professional fighters to spar with Samuel had that may or may not be true but um he certainly looked in well he'd lost a lot of weight someone said on the night three stone whether or not that's true I don't know he lost a lot of weight based on his walking around weight usually they both use their social media channels really effectively to a promote the fight it was it looked sold out to me every single level of ticket was sold as far as i could see they filled the um the venue i'm not very good at guessing venues but i want to say there's a thousand people there and rob said on the night that they'd raised i think he said 240,000 pounds for charity which is amazing absolutely amazing i think they both did a really good job of promoting the event promoting themselves raising money for charity somewhere in the middle of the build-up they upped the bet from 50,000 to 100,000 pounds each winner takes all they then got 10 of their team to fight each other as undercards so there were 10 fights I think I'm right in saying there were 10 there might be nine but I think there were 10 prior to the the big fight because obviously if it's three two minute rounds at six minutes <laughs> you don't want to travel and make a night of it for for six minutes of fighting that was interesting that was really interesting so I don't know what the agreements were I don't know if the contract said they had to be employees of their respective companies I don't know if it said they could just put people forwards and it could be any association I don't know if it said they could be clients. I just don't know what the rules were. But there was a huge mismatch between Samuel's fighters and Rob's fighters. Quite a few of Rob's fighters hadn't were employees and hadn't been in the ring before. And some of Samuel's fighters, you could see on, on the internet, were very experienced fighters and had been in the ring a long time, won competitions and... Uh, etc so it was i think the first five or six fights went to samuel's uh, corner and that's interesting was it and and I, and, I, and i say that in all honesty it's interesting there was no money at stake for those 10 fights but obviously there was some bragging rights and there was some ego perhaps and reputation um to be built I, I don't know i think the fact that rob chose people from his office and this is me reading into this not not anything that rob or samuel have said i think if i was someone in rob's office and i was i was given the opportunity to fight you know on behalf of rob's company's progressive property i'd see that as a real sense of like community we can do this together as a team rob brought in trainers in fact gordon uh, trained one of um one of rob's guys 
or a few of them actually, and then cornered for one of them. I can see, if I was one of Rob's team, that that, that would be a really good team-building exercise, really exciting opportunity. I, I think they had 14 weeks, something like that, maybe 12 weeks to prepare. Yeah, and a really good opportunity to, to train together, work together, and a bit of friendly rivalry between the two property titans as they uh, build the uh, the fight. Samuel, on the other hand, I don't know how many of them worked for him. I don't know Sam's uh, Samuel's organization as well, but I got the impression that a fair few didn't work for him. Um, some of them might have been clients, some of them might have been other associates, I, I don't know. Uh, and I'm not um, uh, assuming anything, but my impression was it, it wasn't, you know, as much. I got the impression Samuel had gone out and found people that wanted to fight for him who could win. That was the impression I got, and and that is what happened. And that's interesting. So clearly, Rob was valuing team and doing it as a company and working together and training together higher than winning I would say um but that's just my take on it and uh, I mean no disrespect to either of the guys um I don't know what the contract said so some people were really unhappy on the night about how lopsided the the undercards were and how you know it, it seemed unfair that there were very experienced fighters fighting complete novices but only Rob and Samuel know what was in the contract only they know how well that was negotiated how well you know Rob protected his guys in the contracts and and whether that contract was broken or or not but it's interesting that different priorities it, it was clearly important to Samuel to have a uh, he was in the red corner to have a red you know red washed night and uh, and certainly he achieved that that the uh, the compare for the red uh, for rob's corner the blue corner uh, was kevin and kevin started saying quite early on well there's only one fight that counts tonight <laughs> and when he was saying that like after the third fight you thought oh it could be a long long night for the blue corner the other thing that jumped out at me was marketing on the program samuel had put samuelleads.com and samuel leads property training something like that it was basically his company rob had got his podcast on there and his property company so the same but then he had two external sponsors which i can only assume he's charged money to and i thought that was smart so he's brought more money in by finding external sponsors i've never seen this before it might be really common but the ropes were branded so the actual ropes had like coverings on them which were branded the ring was branded it was a really well put on night the lights the av they had a big screen between every fight there was a screen with some footage of rob or or um samuel really well put together although and this is interesting. I think it's easy to put people on a pedestal and think, you know, oh, I can't do anything as well as as that person because they're playing at a higher level than me. There were, and you know, not many people could have marketed that event as well as the two of them did. Not many people would have put under grand in each. Not many people would have raised best part of a quarter of a million pound for charity. In fact, I think Rob did it for one of his team who passed away, and that was what he did it in aid of. However, there was quite a lot of frustration on the evening about toileting facilities. There were two urinals and a toilet for all of the men in the uh, 
in the venue. So at times there were 20 people queuing uh, for the gents, which quite frustrating, quite unusual. There was a system of ticketing for drinks, which is really interesting. I've not really seen it before. So you bought your tickets at the start of the night and you knew what the tickets got you. So like one ticket got you one alcoholic drink and one ticket got you two soft drinks. I imagined, I, I tried to work out how many drinks, how many people on my table, etc. So I put whatever it was, 50 quid down and got a bunch of uh, tokens uh, or tickets. But what I didn't expect was not to be able to buy enough drink for my tickets and a lot of other people like this you know tokens were left on tables at the end of the night and stuff and each token was £4.80 I think because there weren't enough bar staff and there weren't enough uh, waiters the the, um, ringside tables had uh, table service etc it got to the point where we were ordering two or three drinks at a time but it had taken so long you know I think our first drinks took 45 minutes and then our next round took an hour or something so then we went to the bar but the bar was five six seven deep and and so you missed a fight if you wanted to go and get a drink and um, I'm not complaining what I'm highlighting I had a really good night Um, what I'm highlighting is the focus wasn't on the customer experience that night in my opinion uh, that there, there wasn't a meticulousness to detail uh, and systems on the night, but there was a really high focus on winning the fight and promoting the fight and using the fight to promote social following and and to further reach. That's just a case of priorities, and I I respect those priorities, and I think you know you you can't do everything perfectly and I think this is a a really good learning for for those of us in business you have to prioritize some things over the over other things you're never going to please all of the people all of the time that's the the cliche and you can't ever do everything perfectly that's impossible you're going to have to decide well that's good enough and were there enough toilets in the venue yeah everyone you know got to go to the loo they just had to queue a little bit did people have a good time yeah absolutely did people have a few drinks that evening yep they did security was excellent like everyone was um passed through a pretty stringent security fantastic there was no problems there from that perspective which is important because you know there's a lot of um rivalry i was about to say friendly rivalry but i'm not sure all of it's friendly between the two camps you know rob's clients and samuel's clients and so the entire night was a real success very very well put on night but it wasn't perfect nothing ever is and that's that's useful i think for people building their brand and building their business to go do you know what i don't have to be perfect i just have to take action and rob and samuel took action they backed themselves they cracked on with it which credit to them absolute credit to them which brings me to the final part which was when samuel's hand was raised and he was the winner and i felt for rob Um, i know rob better than samuel um, and i really felt for him like his kids were there, his wife was there, his business partner, I think his mum was there. Gutting is how I would describe it. Absolutely gutting when I know how hard he's worked and I know how competitive he is. But credit to the man, absolutely a phenomenal loser. So he said congratulations, he cracked a joke. He said, made me laugh, he said, I just want to say this is in honour of, and it was his employee passed away this whole night. I'm delighted to say we've raised 240 odd thousand pounds for charity. 
I'm just a bit gutted. So much of it's come out of my pocket, my own pocket. And I just thought, good on you, sir. You know, good on you. You've just, he's still puffing and panting, you know, he's absolutely gutted and he can still crack a joke and he can still wish his opponent well. Samuel was absolutely made up. Couldn't avoid having a little dig, which I didn't think was very gracious personally. He said something along the lines of, sometimes so rob's company's called progressive property and he said something along the lines of sometimes being progressive isn't enough you just have to go to fight club which is perhaps a, a, a joke you know but I, I thought one could perhaps be uh, a bit um, more gracious or humble but that's what people love about samuel he's he's bold he's outspoken he's confident and at the end of the day just won 200 grand so maybe that uh, you know gives him some bragging rights I think I'm right in saying that Rob had said in the build-up that he would troll Samuel Leeds for 10 years <laughs> and rub it in his face and I thought well maybe that's the start of the uh, the retaliation <laughs> um, but hey they shook hands they wished each other well they I think there was a mutual respect they both had after show parties actually um i didn't go to either but um i can imagine rob uh, you know was gracious showed his face um i think i think in the correspondence i had uh, rob bought everyone a drink and i imagine then headed off uh, off off home but interesting really interesting the different approaches and there's a lot that i've taken from that in terms of business you know, being bold. At the start of the night, um, one of my friends said, would you ever do a fight like this? And I said, yeah, I would actually. I, I quite, no, I didn't say I would. I said, I quite fancy it. I'd be interested in doing it. And at the end of the night, I turned to them and said, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be up for this. And that's interesting. You know, that's something I learned about myself. It's too much I couldn't control. Um, so I, I really like physical challenges. I wouldn't want to be put in the ring with someone who can literally dance rings around me, have their fists at the at their waist and just punch me at will <laughs> which is what we saw in some of the bouts I'd want to do something where I had a fair chance at succeeding I'd enjoy the training for it I'd enjoy the competitiveness I did box a little bit um, when I was doing my A-levels I got uh, I joined a, the local university boxing club and used to train with an ex-army boxer and really enjoyed it actually really really enjoyed it but um, I learned that I wouldn't do a boxing match white collar boxing match plus your brain's getting knocked around in your head isn't it so uh yeah but from a business perspective and a property investing perspective i was i was training some guys yesterday it's about striking that balance between being bold taking action doing deals i had two two big deals on friday uh last week the first was i exchanged contracts on my own home so um moving into a a much larger home here in the same village actually in Corn Leicestershire but really excited about that it's got a gym it's got a games room it's got a lot more space for the boys yeah just got its own um, got more accommodation basically so really looking forward to that exchanged on that so that's definitely happening now and also for those of you that have been following the podcast for a while we refinanced finally off the bridge from our 26 apartments that we bought uh, last August so we've been on that bridge for nine ten months which has been quite painful because we borrowed 2.5 million on that so to refinance off that repay the bridge and get it onto term finance which basically has turned it profitable we had a 1.1 million pound discount in it we've paid one percent 
on the two and a half million a month so 25 grand a month and then it went up because of interest rates i think it went up to 27 and a bit thousand pounds a month obviously we've had income that whole time but it's been loss making and now we've refinanced it off the bridge and onto term finance and it's now profitable so not only have we got that discount in it but we've got that uh, monthly profit as well now that's a big deal uh, that's a risk you have to be bold to take risks like that it's a no money down deal was it guaranteed we'd get off the bridge no <laughs> we've actually had we had a, a, a product that we were told would be offered within 12 uh, within 30 days it uh, didn't materialize we've had two or three failed attempts to refinance in the interim and we've just got this one through now so really interesting because some people do deals that are too big for them and they lose money and some people never do a deal that they're capable of because they play it too small and too safe and never get anywhere near their um, true potential in fact if you haven't done this I'd encourage you to play the game cash flow by Robert Kiyosaki rich dad poor dad author and he talks a lot about that about doing big deals before you're ready and doing small deals or two small deals or no deals when you are ready to do them and it's a balance. It's a balance between being bold enough and not being overconfident. And I learned a lot about that um, from the Battle of the Titans. So those are my musings on the um, boxing match. If you were there, then I hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you haven't watched it, it's actually available on, um, I think it was Facebook. It was live streamed on Facebook. So I think you can still watch it. <laughs> yeah, you can look at the technical knockdown and decide if it was uh, uh, what, what your take on it was. But I hope that my musings and my analysis and my reflections on it have, uh, have inspired you guys today. If I can help anyone on your journey, then don't hesitate to get in touch, guys. I'd love to be of assistance. Until next time, happy investing. Sophisticated Property Investing, a podcast brought to you by Ethical Property Partners, the experts in sophisticated property investment.